Welcome to episode 135 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker. My guest today is the host of the Reality Life podcast, Kate Casey. She is returning to Motherhood in Hollywood because she has some very exciting news to share. And um, things are going to get real today, guys. Things are going to get real, real. But first, I want to tell you guys that this episode is sponsored by Smile Direct Club. If you've heard me talking about this or seen me posting on the Instagram over the last few months, you'll know I'm changing my smile. Over the past few years, I've noticed my smile is shifting. I'm starting to get spacing between my teeth and I don't like it. So I decided to do something about it. So I'm partnering with the folks at Smile Direct Club and I'm halfway through the program and I can already tell a difference. My teeth are already straightening. The gaps that were there are much smaller now and I've got two more months to go so I cannot wait to see my results. If this is something you're interested in or been thinking about for a while, I encourage you to check out smiledirectclub.com and if you type in the code Heather Smiles, you will get 50% off the at-home impression kit or a free scan of your teeth at one of their smile shops if you happen to be in a city where they have a smile shop. So check it out. It's uh, worth it, especially if it's free. Hello, free. Uh, make sure you type in the code Heather Smiles so they know I sent you. All right, so let's get started with this week's episode. Here we go. Hello, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey friends, I hope you're having a wonderful week. I know my week has been really great so far. I'm finally feeling better. I'm over my cold. Um, that was lingering forever. And now it seems like Chris and Channing are getting sick, so... It's only a matter of time before it hits me again. So yay, don't you love that? Um, I'm really excited because I just had the most wonderful conversation and chat with my friend Kate Casey. She is the host of the Reality Life podcast. And we talk about reality TV and what we love, our mutual love of um, documentary style uh, shows in terms of like um, oh, cults and things like how much we love watching the weird world of cults and how people get sucked into them. And um, we also talk about what's happening in her life and she is having her fifth baby. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means to her and what that looks like in her world. And we talk about mom life, mommy blogging, the status of mom bloggies versus podcasts, because we're both podcasters. We both have very specific points of view um, on podcasting and mommy blogging. So I can't wait to, for you guys to hear that interview with Kate. Um, besides that, I was supposed to go to WonderCon this weekend, but I didn't end up going. I just have, I just had too much on my plate, you know? I'm really trying to make a point lately of prioritizing with my time. I'm so, I feel so lucky that I get invited to so many wonderful things and movies to cover and events to go to and that sort of thing. But I find that I don't have time to do the other things that I want to do for motherhood in Hollywood or even just in everyday mom life. Like Channing's birthday is in two weeks, you guys. And I've have some stuff done, but there's so many more things I want to do. And I just feel very behind um on it and I'm working on prioritizing better so how do you guys do it how do you prioritize tell me I would love to know your tips give me your prioritizing tips so I have some fun stuff coming up this week a friend of mine is filming a pilot for a tv show that she's doing um it is kind of a mixture of dance 
and stand-up comedy. <laughs> so I can't wait to go and check that out. I'm going to go watch her her pilot taping. And um, Channing and I had a little adventure planned. It rained all last week during her spring break. So I'm going to keep her out of school a couple days next week. And we're going to try to to go and have a redo on our adventures. I'm finding that as she's getting closer and closer to kindergarten, I want to spend as much time with her as possible because I know once she starts real school <laughs> that I'm not going to be able to just scoop her up and and uh, take her somewhere fun for the day, you know. So trying to get all that out of my system now. <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to wrap up my mommy monologue because I really want you guys to hear all this interview with Kate Casey. She is the host of the Reality Life podcast. She also has a website called Love and & Knuckles, and she's just a delight a delight and a real lady and I love her and um, here is our conversation so I'm super excited because the one and only Kate Casey is making her return to motherhood in Hollywood today hi Kate how are you I'm good I'm good I've been looking forward to this conversation since I um, harassed you about it earlier last week <laughs> I was like please be on my podcast um as you guys know Kate is the host of reality life with Kate Casey and she is an aficionado of all things reality tv and I want to say tv in general like I feel like you probably watch things other than reality tv right I do um I scripted tv is not not that much but I love um, which is probably not a shock to people. I, I, reality television. I love documentaries, docu series. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. I like, and I like crime stuff. And I had a guest this past episode and she said, you know, I feel like people who like true crime reality TV, they're all sort of the same kind of person. <laughs> and I think that's true. Anything where there's like uh, layers to a story involving real people. I love stuff like that. So like Dateline, are you talking like Dateline type stuff? Oh, Yes. Dateline, 48 Hours Mystery, mm-hmm. 2020, reality TV and docuseries. Like right now, I cannot, I cannot tell you how obsessed I am with a docuseries on Netflix called Wild Wild Country. Talk about it in my episode this week. I saw and it's about a, yeah. Yeah. A cult in the 80s um, that began in India and they tried to start a commune in Oregon. Well, they started it and then they ended up, it's, it's, it's insane. There's like true crime to it as well. So I, I, mean, I was just at the grocery store, I have my headphones in, I'm listening to an NPR story about it after I've watched the six part series and someone stopped me and I was telling them about it and they were like, okay, I'm going to go home and watch it with my husband. I mean, I feel like if I really like something, I need to tell everybody about it. I, I'm the same way. And I feel the same way about like, things involving cults. So like I'll watch anything about Scientology there. I am yeah. fascinated with that. First of all, wait, are you a Scientologist? <laughs> I should ask. No, but I had okay. an experience when I was like 18, which I uh, like oh. always talk about. It's so bizarre. Were you recruited? Um, Did yeah, they check they, your Thetans? They kind of, my mom is the kind of person that will talk to anybody. Now, mind you, I'm kind of like that too, but She's sometimes a ding dong about it. And she became <laughs> friends with the, this woman from the phone company. So all their conversations were done over the phone. I'm sure the woman at the phone company was trying to sell her like some sort of package. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, she says, I've got a son around your daughter's age. And I, and my mom said, well, my daughter's, you know, a senior in high school. And she really is like, 
loves to do, would love to do charity work because back then when you were in college, I know it's changed since then, but there was this pressure to have charity, you know, on on your your resume resume to get into college. So my mom said, called me, I came home from school and she said, so to boarding school, she said, I found this charity that they help with adult literacy and it's in Philadelphia because I'm from the suburbs. So um, I, I set you up with this meeting and, we'll, you know, you'll take the train in. So I took the train into the city and I end up at the Church of Scientology headquarters. I was eight, like 18 years old, 17 years old. Oh, wow. So it was just weird. I got a tour by the woman's son and it was in this row house and there weren't many offices. It was itty bitty. And then there's this enormous office with like a desk and books everywhere and papers all over the desk like someone just left in the middle of the night. And they said, oh, well, this is L. Ron Hubbard's office. And granted, again, I don't know anything about the church, really. So I asked, well, how often does he come to the office? And they said, <laughs> well, he's so-and-so, you know, many years. I'm like, what? And I'm just a skeptical person to begin with. So I was like, come again, what? <laughs> and then they took me out to lunch. We went to a diner and they said, what do you want to study in college? And I said, political science. And some, I remember this man saying, that's what we have to do. We need to get a Scientologist into a political office. Like I never forgot it. It was creepy. Mm. And we went back and we walked past a room and there was a sauna and like a, like a jacuzzi. And they said, I guess, cause I'm so pale, you know, if you sit in the jacuzzi, you can get rid of any sunburn you've ever had. And I'm like, yeah, that's what makes total sense. <laughs> and then they, it was a room and they wanted me to sit down and take this test. It was like a hundred questions with really strange questions. Like, have you ever wanted to like strangle someone? It was something like that. I was like, okay, I got, I got to go home. Like I'm out. I'm like, not, I am their not ideal candidate. I'm going to ask you too many questions. I'm going to have a snarky look in my face. And so as I was leaving, they said, well, if you, you know, here's a book Dianetics. And then they wanted me to pay $15. And I was like, first of all, if I went to a Lutheran or a Methodist church, do you think they're going to be like, and on your way out, can you pay us for this hymnal? Like, no, it doesn't work that way. So uh, I went home. I'm like, Mom, you're an idiot. Like, what the hell? My mom's just clueless. She's like, huh, what? And then I don't know why, but I ended up going on a date with that guy. It was before. We went to see the movie Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman, which was a horrible movie. And then I, I drove to the date, which is so embarrassing. And I had such a clunky car. And he just said the crazy stuff. He was like, uh, you know, I'm leaving school. I'm going to go to the school in Clearwater, Florida. Um, wow. You know, we just don't really believe that schools can teach you what you need. And I'm like, okay, we're out. I'm about to go to college and study political science and you're batshit crazy. <laughs> so I never I never heard from him again, but I still to this day receive mail from the church's Philadelphia. Wow. I mean, and I'm like, how do you track me down? It's like 20 years later. I've lived several different addresses. Like, they just I'm do. Married. What? I mean, yeah. they are crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I do think it's nutty. I do love cult stuff. I went on a match.com date in LA with a guy who told me about how he had several sisters and brothers from different, like, they're half siblings. And he's going on, and he, I said, Were you any, by any chance? Uh, raised in the children of God cult. And he looked at me and went, Oh my God, you were too. And I said, no, I've just watched a couple of 2020s on it. So we sat there for like an hour and a half and talked about how he was raised in the cult. And unfortunately I think he thought that I was really like interested it. in a future, but I was actually just like doing my own 
personal research so I could discuss it on a podcast. You know, <laughs> just getting your own like dirt and back talking points, if you will. <laughs> and then I, this morning, I was um, I'm, I was writing back and forth with one of Warren Jeff's daughters. Oh, um, and she, she wrote a book. So I'm making her watch an, up a show on TLC that's called Three Wives, One Husband. And it's about a polygamous ranch in Utah. They live in this like, they blow up holes into caves and they kind of live, live like on the cusp of the cave. And uh, it's just like a community of polygamous people. So I'm going to have her watch that show. And then we're going to discuss that community. And then I'm going to get a chance to ask her what it's like to be raised in a polygamous community. So I feel like that I love situations like that where it kind of like bridges between reality TV and like cults and true crime. And like, I love all that stuff. Now, you have said many times that people ask you all the time if you're Mormon or polygamist or anything like that. Why do people keep asking you Catholic. that? <laughs> or Catholic. Or Catholic. <laughs> right. Mormon. Just because I have so many children. Somebody asked me that yesterday. They were like, are you Catholic? And I always say, I am an Episcopalian baby hoarder. <laughs> I just really love um, having a big family. And I don't, you know, we don't wear jean skirts. My girls are allowed to cut their hair. I'm, I'm extre- you know, I'm extremely passionate feminist. Like, I am not your typical uh, cult member. No, I would be terrible in the cult. I, I, my husband once said, you'd be the worst first lady. Because... Um, <laughs> I just, I will not put up with shit. So no, I'm an, I'm Episcopalian. I never go to church because it's just too much of a pain in the ass to get four kids under the age of eight out of my house. Um, but very proud to be part of the Anglican church. Thank you very much. But no, I'm not, um, super religious. And then you are expecting now baby number five. And I saw the video number five and I saw the video of your sweet son, (laughs) <laughs> that went like viral. What was that like? I just wanted to hug him and be like, Oh buddy. Well, once we found out we we're having a baby, even before that he had been begging me for years. I, you know, mom, can we please have a brother because he has three sisters and he just, he gets bummed out a lot because you know, they want to paint no painting he likes to do, but like they just want to, you know, play fairies and, and play yeah, dolls. And he yeah. just feels Left out. So he'd been begging me for a brother for a long time. So once we told him we were having another baby, he said, I really want to have a brother. And I kind of felt like for the first couple weeks, like it might be a boy. I don't I don't know. I usually my intuition is pretty good at this stuff. But I thought maybe there's a possibility. So I feel guilty because I feel like I kind of was like, I don't know, we might have a boy this time. And then you know, I started to think about statistics <laughs> and like the the possibility of having a boy based on what we already have was probably not that high. But my girlfriend brought bought these tennis balls for like a gender reveal. Mm-hmm. And so you get a boy and a girl and you have somebody open the envelope. I found out I was pregnant. I didn't realize I was 11 weeks pregnant. I thought I was maybe like eight so it's surprised. Mm-hmm. And then I found out I was pregnant and waited, I don't know, a couple of weeks to tell my husband because he was just stressed out from work and I just got busy with things, which I know you're listening to this and you're like, you're out of your goddamn mind and you're right. <laughs> so, um, so I told him, but, and then they, they, they had given me an envelope with the sex because I'm an old woman. So they give, you know, they do a blood test to tell you the gender. So I kept it surprisingly in an envelope in the kitchen for weeks and never looked. 
And then, so we had our friend Paul, we all went down to our tennis club. My, we had our friend Paul open the envelope and then he picked the right ball out of the box and took the ribbon off. Now the ribbon, I didn't realize for both balls was the same color, but from afar it looked blue. So I had a dream the night before that we were going to have a boy and I don't know why I just started to panic in my dream, which made no sense. And then as that ball was given to my husband uh, before he hit it, I thought I saw blue string. Mm-hmm. So my kids are sitting with me a bu- with a couple of our other uh, friends' kids. And I thought in those, like, I don't know, it was like 10 seconds before, oh, my gosh, we are going to have a boy. So I'm gripping my son like this is going to be a wonderful reaction. He's going to jump for joy. He's going to be so elated. So my husband hits the ball, and it's pink. And I'm honestly shocked. And everyone's like, you know, happy. And I knew in that moment, my son would be devastated. So I turned to him and he is upset. He's angry. He's cry. And then I start to cry because I want to, you know, protect him and make him feel better. Just knew that man, this blows. So yeah, Mm. it's kind of a wacky. But yeah, I'm so this is my fourth girl, fifth kid. And the kids are super excited. My youngest, you know, kisses the stomach, my stomach every day and says, hi, baby. So I think it'd be oh. great. Are you at all um, feeling like, you know, you, you have a website, you have Love and Knuckles, which you've been blogging on for a while. Do you ever feel yeah. the pull to kind of get into like the quote unquote mommy blogging scene? Like, do you feel like you categorize yourself in that way? Um. Yeah, sure. I mean, I do feel like I, I consider myself a parenting and pregnancy humorist. Mm-hmm. So I have written a book about uh, pregnancy. Um, but, you know, I don't consider myself the person. I think when you, you think of mommy blogging, I don't think it, I think in the beginning, and I believe there's a New York Times article that came out about a month and a half that I think you and I talked about offline um, about this. But in the beginning, mommy blogging was really, um, you know, people who were quite honest about the experience of motherhood. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's sort of changed over the years. And there's, there's just too much emphasis on perfection. Yeah. So I've yeah. always very stayed true to um, the realities of parenthood, and especially if you come from like a complicated childhood as I did, that, um, you know, your, your, ch- I always say your children fill many holes, but they also rip open new ones because you're confronted with what you may have lacked as a child. So I have always, and I always feel that humor is the best way to cope with many of life situations. So my position has always been to be really honest about the highs and lows of growing your family or that huge life change that is becoming a parent. Um, so I wouldn't, I do think I'm in that world, but I also think I've got a really unique perspective and I would hope that, um, people kind of get back to that place where we're a little bit more honest. And I don't think, do you think when blogging your kids is are quite over? Do you think, do you think that mommy blogging and blogging in general is sort of like, dying out because we also talked a little bit about how podcasting is like the new thing everybody's podcasting you and I both have podcasts you know like um do you think that it's sort of dying off I think that yeah I do I think that if you're going to write about it it's people are more interested in articles that are you know done on your own site or on through other media outlets I don't think that the journal style of mommy blogging is is 
very interesting anymore. Mm -hmm. Mostly because I think people really want to hear someone's voice. And it's so one dimensional to see a mom blog. Um, But when you tune into someone and a podcast are such a wonderful platform, because you really develop a relationship with someone, Mm -hmm. you know, it may seem one sided, but it's really like, you really get to know the complexity of someone's life. And if they're like a really honest person, you know, and they open themselves up, you know, there there are aspects of their life that you will find commonality. And so if you have something in common, you want to follow that person's journey, because maybe there's a hope that you have that you will walk out of a situation or you'll figure it out. So I think that podcasts are the new and I wouldn't say mommy blog, but I would just say the new like um, outlet. personal plus yeah, personal yeah. connecting. <clears throat> and yeah, are- I do feel like where it's like, just woke up with Sammy and he's got a shitty diaper and it re- life really blows. I think those <laughs> days are. Over. I think Please make that know- post. I need you to, I need you to make that post on Instagram. <laughs> well, I think people want to know. Yeah, it does suck when Sammy got up and, and uh-huh. got a shitty diaper. Well, why does that bother you? Well, because I'm completely overwhelmed right now. I'm trying to figure out, you know, at this age, how I can start a new chapter, a new business, or Mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed because it reminds me of this experience that I had in life and I didn't feel like I had support or I'm, uh, you know, I worry sometimes that I have a temper and will my son remember the moments where I lost my shit? Like that kind of stuff, I think people really want to hear and they can't through a blog, but they can through a podcast. Well, I think for me, I talk a lot about that stuff on my podcast. Like I'll, I'll bring up, um, you know, stuff that I'm dealing with or situations that I'm dealing with more so on my podcast than I do in my blog and certainly more than I do on Instagram. But I think there is an assumption too, that just because I don't write about it or I don't, um, post about, you know, tantrums or whatever, um, that it doesn't happen. And I have always been of the belief, and I've always said this from the beginning, that I don't ever want to <clears throat> post pictures of my kid um, or of you know any aspect of her life that would someday cause her any sort of pain or embarrassment or anything. Because I'm choosing to do motherhood in Hollywood. I'm choosing to narrate my parenting journey it's not really her choice. She didn't say, yeah, mom, let's talk about every single detail of my life while I'm growing up. So I always try to be very cognizant and respectful of the woman that she's going to grow into and be while also still remaining true to who I am. Um, and what I'm going through. And sometimes it's not always easy. Sometimes it's hard to find that, that balance. Um, because you know, I, like you said, you do want to keep, we want to keep things real and you want to be honest and genuine. But like I said, I also want to be respectful of, of her. Well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, for me, first of all, I think of my own childhood and I'm like, I can't even believe that I made it out. All right. So if (laughs) the fact that there people say, don't, does it ever worry you that your child's going to get upset about a post? I'm like, I didn't even see my father until from ages two to like 33. I was totally abandoned. So if my kid is upset because I posted a picture of them upset at ballet class, they've got bigger fish to fucking fry. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. Give me a, I'm not going to, um, not express who I am 
because I'm terrified that 14 years from now she's going to be upset. Right. I am in enough confidence in my children that that shouldn't really upset them. And if mm-hmm. it does, I'll like need to have a longer conversation with them. But life moves on. And if we think we're cracking open too much now, ex- ex- imagine what it's going to be like 10 years from now. Oh, I know. And also the, the gen- children that we have now are extremely open and living in the moment. I mm-hmm. mean, the kids that are in things that they Snapchat now. So for me to say, yeah, my child is giving 30% at a ballet class when they're four. Right. I think really fails in comparison to somebody who is Snapchatting at like a party when they're 18. Like I think mm-hmm. times have changed. So I think if you were to compare the two things, you would see how relatively sweet and innocent the things that, you know, yeah, those of us with children are posting. Um, I also think people will tell you if it's, th- things are inappropriate. I personally don't think it's appropriate when people post pictures of children in baths. It's like no, my husband and I have I a really big problem with that. So I find it humorous that if any, you know, I I think on one occasion someone was like, I don't know, should you should you be worried about your child being upset? You posted that video of them upset in ballet class, and I, I'm like, let let's look at the source. This is the same person that posts pictures of their children's naked butts, right? So let's the, like, and let's the thing is, if you here. if you bring it up to them, then they say, oh, you're sexualizing my child. This is just an innocent picture of a baby, and you're sexualizing them. And I'm like, no, no you are putting your child out on the internet so other people can sexualize them. Like it's not me that's doing it. It's not your friends who are like, Hey, that's kind of, you know, questionable. It's actually like law enforcement officials who are begging parents, please stop posting naked pictures of your children on the internet. Like you're not, what, what purpose does that serve? Like, I don't care if it's a little baby butt and you think it's the cutest chubby butt in the world. Great keep some like keep some things to yourself we become such a society of oversharers that like we don't all need to see your your baby in the bath we just don't that's my feeling I also I also feel like people don't realize and you know you do because you're in this world too that for me to get people to even read things that I write or listen to my podcast requires an enormous amount of my time and Mm -hmm. my resources to come up with great content, but also to promote to do PR. It takes a lot for someone to follow me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I think people think things a lot like you, I am a piece of hay, a stick of hay in a huge barn. Like I am so minuscule. So if you're, for you to think, oh, you know, she's really putting her life out there. I guarantee you there are very few people in the world that know the names of all of my children. I guarantee you they have no idea where they go to school. Most people probably don't know where I live because most people are really Mm self-consumed. So for me to get me to listen to a podcast episode or to look at a picture, it's, it's a fragment of time. And, and I think few people actually dig deeper. I think we're under the assumption that everybody is like, you know, Google detectives and they're going to show up at your house with like, you know, with like a picnic basket, like let's hang out. <laughs> people are really not really self-consumed. So I think we really all need to like chiggity check ourselves. I am 100% full of myself and am positive that I have stalker fans out there waiting 
to see if I accidentally post <laughs> my address or the front of my house. I'm also just paranoid, like- cause, but I, cause I work in news. I've worked in news forever. And so I've seen stories like I've written stories that have, um, that have things like this that have happened. So I'm just super highly paranoid and try to be overly cautious. That's where I come from on all that. Yeah. I mean, I would never compromise my child's safety sure. by telling you what park we are at. I'm like not a moron or I'm not going to tell you I'm on vacation right now. So come to my house and like, I do that. We we go on vacation, but I always have the discussion. I'm like, okay, should I post? Should I not post? But I also know that I have somebody at my house at all times. So it's like, it's not, it's not too much of an issue there. So I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to talk about, first of all, I want to talk about big brother. I wanted, this was something at the celebrity big brother. Now I'm a huge you're fan. Crazy. I mean, you're like the, probably one of the biggest fans I know. I you and Trishelle, Trishelle from Real World. She loves Big Brother. Big Brother fan. I have watched this in season one <laughs> when literally all they did was sit around the house and do nothing. I remember that season. <laughs> yeah, I remember. It was like I still watch. I was like, I can't believe I'm just sitting here watching these people sitting around on couches and you know working out. And um, so I've watched every season. I loved the celebrity edition. I was cheering for Ross. I was like, I want him to win so bad. And, but I wasn't mad that Marissa won, but, um, I thought it was great. And at first I was like, uh, I think we're being a little loose with the word celebrity here, but, um, I was still all in. I was like, this is the best thing on TV. Well, I think that they rejected, um, Spencer Pratt, which that surprised me. I think he would have been great. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I was just at his house on Friday and I think he told me that. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw you were doing a podcast with them. They're going to be on your show promoting their podcast, right? Uh, Heidi. Yeah, I interviewed Heidi, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I, most people just interview Spencer, but I wanted to get her, uh, like her experience on the Hills. I would love to have her on my show. She's cause she's a mom, a new mom. And I would love to hear her talking about her mom stuff, but I think Spencer would have been, that would have, I don't know how he would have jibed with everybody else, but I wouldn't have thought Omarosa would have jibed with everybody, but she did. So I don't know. It was a good show. I liked it. I hope they do more of it. And I'm ready. I'm ready for another big brother every year, every season. I'm like, Oh, I hate all these people. And then like two weeks later, I've already, I've already decided who I want to win and who I'm cheering for. It is one of the only reality shows that I watch and that I'm, I watch regularly. There's very few like appointment television for me anymore, especially now that we have all the streaming access and big brother is one of those. Um, Do you think that that speaks to the power of reality TV? Because I think a lot of people would agree that there are some reality shows that they just won't miss. Well, I think there people are endlessly fascinated by celebrities yeah. and people like reality shows. So that's like an, an easy thing. I just interviewed Shana Mokler who is married to Travis Barker from Blink 182 and they took over the slot after newlyweds. They were like the punk rock version of newlyweds. Oh, how funny. And I said like people were so fascinated by our lives and yeah, we were going on tour to London and we were doing these shows and we had this like, punk rock life but in the end if when you pick away all the stuff it's like basically the same stuff in any marriage mm-hmm. so i think that people like to like have a window into a world that's so beyond what their daily life is but they also like to see that people are 
when it comes down to brass tacks, pretty similar. And they like to judge too. Like there's a lot of judgment that's coming. Like you like to see how the other half lives and then judge it. Yeah, but also I see the other side where there are people who are really um, like sort of really like celebrate people. I feel like everybody I've ever interviewed, like the most people, not everybody, but almost like 97% of the people that I've interviewed, but the listeners are like, you know what? I kind of like them now, now that I heard about this aspect that's not, was not in the show. It was not in the show. Yeah. So and it, they're not coming from like a judgmental place. It's like, Oh, I had no idea that they had blah, blah, blah going on. So I think that is, I think the judgment is there, but I think it's smaller than people think. And what are you watching right now? Like what is your biggest go-to right now? obsession um it kind of changes i think vanderpump rules is great this season the housewives i kind of dip in and out of like enjoyment because it depends on how transparent how authentic somebody is in a season um new york's coming back so i'm really excited about that um uh, i don't know what what am i excited about is there anything else to say? Is there anything right now? Are we in a reality lull right now? Is there anything that's new or, um, you know, piquing anyone's interest? Um, hmm. I don't know. There's like this three, the three wives, one husband on TLC about that ranch is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a show on TLC that I was like called long lost family, but that's not on air right now. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like the voice. I, I interviewed the I host that of that. Oh, which, which one, Chris Jacobs or Lisa Joyner? Lisa Joyner. She was on my podcast last year. She's great. I, I love that show. I think she does a great job. Um, I think that, uh, what else is good? Um, oh, I like the voice. I think American Idol reboot is garbage. Yeah. I always forget I, that, that the reality, the, uh, competition shows sort of fall under the reality banner. Um, but I guess they do. I mean, I always love the voice. It's so great. It's so watchable. I'm, and- not, I'm very excited for the bachelorette. I think it'll be probably pretty boring, but, um, I always like bachelor in paradise because you can see people, how they really look, um, off the show. I mean, it's, it'll that, be like that lady who, um, wrote that, uh, book bachelor nation or bachelor. Nation. Did you have her on her, your show? I did. Yeah. She, Ugh. she gives lots of secrets. I know. I was, I heard her on K rock one morning <clears throat> and I was like, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a fan of the bachelor. I'll just say that. Um, but I'm fascinated with people who do like it and watch it because a lot of my friends do like that is their go-to every season. And I'm like, this is total garbage. Like, why do you watch this? Um, but I understand why people get, you know, the draw of it. Cause I feel that way about big brother and they think it's garbage. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, get on board with big brother people. It's really good. Um, I am very excited for all of the wonderful things happening in your life and in your world, your baby, you have a very successful podcast. It is always in the top like 50 or 20 or something like it's always in the top on the iTunes chart. So I know you have a lot of people who are enjoying it as well. Um, and then your website is love and knuckles.com. And, um, I'm just so glad that we're friends and I get to talk to you in real life and I hope to see you in person again soon one day, hopefully. I know I need to make it there. Uh, down. Well, I think I'm interviewing somebody in like two weeks, so I will hit you up. Please and do. The people, 
If they like reality shows, they should join my Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey, because we deep dive on reality shows all week long, and it's awesome. And it's not like these Facebook – there are a lot of Facebook groups for, like, reality shows where people are really awful. They're like, well, I looked this person's, like, bankruptcy records up. It's not like that. It's like, (laughs) this is a fantastic show. Here's why. Mm -hmm. Or what – you know, how can you relate to this show? And you're you're great about facilitating the questions and the comments and stuff. And I'm in that group, and it is a really great group for sure. Yeah, we're just trying to keep it like thoughtful. I think of us as all observationists. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like cultural anthropology group, I would say. It just happens to be about reality television. And I will make sure that I link to that too when I put this episode up on um, a website. And I'm also going to link to your website as well. And um, everybody can, uh, everybody go and download, download Reality Life. It is a great show. You will not be disappointed. Kate is amazing and she has awesome guests. Um, I was one, I was one of them back in the early days. I think I was like on episode like three or four, like what show are we going to have you do now? Do I, should I come up with something or do you want to find like, what do you want to do to come back on your show? Yeah. What do you want to do? Do you want to, would you want me to pick a show or is there one that you want to find? Let's find something on an obscure channel. I would love that. Let's do that. I will, I will talk about anything and I will watch. I will watch just about anything and then I'm sure I will have no problem forming an opinion (laughs) (laughs) at all. (laughs) Um, Kate, you're amazing. You know, I adore you and I'm so grateful that you took the time to be on my show, especially because you got four babies and one on the way. Woohoo. I'm grateful to you for your friendship because, um, you know, I just love women in podcasting. There's so many awesome hosts and, it's such a great platform and I'm really excited about your success and I, I just am so excited about where where the show takes you. Yay, thank you. Me too. Well, all right, everybody. As I said, I'm going to put up all the information and links um, to Kate and her show up on motherhoodinhollywood.com. I hope you have a wonderful week and remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. balls.